Hello, friends. Happy Advent. It's hard to believe that this time of year is already here. I feel like fall went by really quickly. I'm really excited for today's conversation. I invited back on one of our guests from earlier this year, Carrie Bauman, who is a children's minister and also someone who was a librarian for a really long time. So her specialty is curating books that are about faith, can be used to talk about faith, even though they're not necessarily about faith themselves. And she offered to come on and do an episode talking all about children's books that are good for this season, for Advent and for Christmas. Today's episode is short, but it is jam-packed. I promise you we will have links in the show notes so you can find all of these books that Carrie and I talk about. But I hope it's helpful for you, even if you don't have kids. A lot of these storybooks are so great for adults as well. I hope you find some inspiration here. And my friends, know that you are loved and you are held and you are blessed by our creator who comes and visits us here on earth this season. Before we dive into the interview, friends, I just want to say a little blessing because we usually take the month of December off because all of us are wildly busy this time of year and you do not need to take 45 minutes to listen to a podcast episode when you have a million other things to do. So we'll take a break for the month of December and we will come back in January with lots more content, a lot more interviews. And of course, my friends, if you are someone who would like to pitch yourself to be on this podcast, please reach out, send me an email, um, follow us on Substack. We send out a weekly devotional there. So please be sure to follow that. We took a little bit of a hiatus from that this fall, but we'll be back, I promise, sending weekly devotional emails. So be sure to sign up there as well. And those are always in the show notes, those links. So friends, I wish you a beloved Advent season a quiet, restful, joyful Christmas where if there's chaos, you might also find peace. And I pray that you know that you are held in the loving arms of our creator, redeemer, and sustainer who is with us always, but especially this time of year. Okay, my friends, let's dive into this conversation about the best children's books for Advent and Christmas with Carrie Bauman. Hi, Carrie. Welcome back. Thank you so much for having me back. I'm excited to be here today. Absolutely. Well, we're diving into Advent and Christmas. Do you feel ready? Well, we have our tree up, so I guess that's like half the battle. I don't know. The house looks ready. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Sometimes I feel like my house It's kind of like a duck, you know, like it looks presentable up top and then underneath, like when you look closely, it's like got its little legs going real quick. Yeah, that that is relatable. Yeah, we have a roll top desk in our dining room. And when people are over there like, oh, what a beautiful I'm like, do not open it. Please do not open it. We literally used to have one of those in our kitchen and it was exactly the same. Yeah. (laughs) Close that sucker. Yeah, exactly. Well, for those listeners who maybe didn't hear your first episode, can you give a briefer on who you are? What are you about? Yes, I am. um, My name is Carrie Bauman, and I am the pastor to children and families at College Park Baptist in Greensboro, North Carolina. 
it's an American Baptist church. And um, before that, I worked for 19 years as a librarian. So I do a lot of um, pairing what we're doing in church with books that I used and I continue to discover new books. Um, And so I also have an Instagram account where I share a lot of of ideas for using books in church because I think that's a great way um, and a low pressure way to connect families and churches with kids. Um, And really there's so many wonderful picture books these days that people need someone to curate them. And I love to do that. So yeah, it helps us weed through the stuff that we're like, maybe not, maybe not. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot of that this time of year, especially. So I I think that's why it's great to talk about it. I'm excited. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm curious, what do you have a top recommendation for this time of year? Um, well, I have like several different categories that I kind of wanted to think about because we used to wrap because we're excessive. We used to wrap 24 books and we would open one every night with our son and read it when we would do our advent stuff. So we like scoured all the used bookstores, you know, all year we would keep an eye out and we would end with um, the night before Christmas, which, um, and also another one pairing the, um, the Jesus story. So um, I think you know, if I was going to give a number one recommendation, it would be the book Leah's Star by Margaret Bateson Hill and Karen Littlewood. And it's a nativity story. Um, and they, it um, features a little girl at the time of Jesus' birth. But I like that she's a non-white character. And I like that it places a girl in the center of the story. And it's just a lovely illustrated story as well. Um, but um, that's one of the things that we're like, I like to think about, that's one of the categories is like, if we're not going to use the biblical text, um, what is a way that like another picture book might help us with framing the story and having a kid, you know, a kid themselves in the story is a great way to do that. And um, I found this one a couple of years ago and we've used it several years in our Sunday school classes and the kids always really enjoy it. So that's one of my top recommendations these days is um, Leah Starr, but when we're looking, when I'm looking for like biblical retellings, I'm, I'm looking for non-white characters. I'm looking for the text to be easily read and understood. I have some by authors I love that I'm like, that book is for me. That's not for children. It's for me to, to read and enjoy, but, um, or to have on my shelf and to look pretty, but they're not all for kids. They're really thinking about the text to And then the other thing that I really look for in a biblical retelling is that the focus is on the birth narrative itself and um, not really on the idea of like sin or separation. I think that's a separate conversation than what we're trying to do when we're thinking about like Christmas books. Um, We can have those conversations because there's lots of ideas about sin and separation and we can have our like atonement theory discussions, but maybe let's do them at another time (laughs) with kids, I think. So that's one of my top ones. Even with adults, right? Like I have a rule for Christmas. We don't talk about the cross. Yeah. I just don't. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that that, that's different conversation than what we're doing right now. And um, I think it complicates the feelings about um, Christmas or a nativity play or a nativity story to try to add that piece in. And I think actually we can just let the nativity story be what it is. Um, it's kind of like the rule that I have 
for answering kids' questions because I'm like, I will always answer your question honestly. I'm also only going to answer the question that you're asking. <laughs> and then if you want to ask me another question, I'll answer that one. But we're, I'm not going to get ahead of where you are just because I have a lot of information that I could give you. I don't want to give you too much information. Mm. Another one that is brand new that is this year um, is called Holy Night and Little Star. And it is, again, another nativity retelling and it's by Matali Perkins and illustrated by one of my favorites, Koa Lee. Um, and that one just came out this year. And I mean, all of these I paid for myself. So I'm not, I'm not plugging any books that I didn't, didn't pay for myself, but um, it's another one. And it's a nice, cute little retelling. And this one's from the perspective of the star and mm. she's not sure where she fits in and she, she doesn't want to do too much, but she gets real excited at the end. So, and that, that's another cute way to engage kids is like putting themselves in the different places in the story where they can see or understand. So those are things. And that one has beautiful angels that are brown, which I particularly like. Um, but there's lots of ways to include non-white characters. And I like when the angels are also included. So, mm, Yeah. So what other categories do you have for us? Another one. So we think about like biblical stories in general. And then another way that I really like to encourage parents to think about Advent is, and if your family at all does the, um, anything to do with that, like an Advent wreath or your, your church or um, religious community talks at all about the four weeks of Advent, keep it really simple. You do not have to do something every single night. You do not have to even light candles. You can sit by the light of the Christmas tree, but one week you can talk about hope. One week you can talk about peace. One week you can talk about joy. And one week you can talk about love. And those are four ways that would be reinforced probably in your church community if that if that's part of your tradition um, that keep it very simple, um, but are tangible with if your family is seeing like the lighting of candles or if you decide to light candles, but you don't have to reinvent the wheel because you can easily find picture books that are about hope. You can easily find picture books that are about peace, right? Picture books about joy. I mean, that's that's the book with no pictures by BJ Novak. And all you got to do is say boo-boo butt. And then you're like, guess what? God's in that laughter when you just said boo-boo butt. Um, or, and like, I mean, all, uh, almost all kids' books are about love in some way. So you don't have to like, reinvent the wheel, which is one thing I really appreciate um, about taking that approach is you don't have to um, overall do something that you maybe wouldn't already be doing and you don't have to do it every night. Um, I think that can be a real overwhelming situation if you're thinking I have to do something for 24 nights like that's that's too much and I mean, I was really overzealous about a picture book every night, but that doesn't mean that that works for everybody. And so just thinking, I want to do one thing a week. That's a great way to do one thing and feel like we've had these conversations. What do you hope for? What does peace look like um, or feel like in your body? Where do you find joy in the world? What makes you feel loved? Those are four conversations that um, picture books can help you have. And um you know, I think that's a great way to approach um, that instead of feeling a lot of pressure. <laughs> yes, because what we don't need this time of year is more pressure. We do not. And then, 
you know, another really fun way to approach Advent is like just books about waiting. There are lots of children's books because children actually have to wait around for us kind of a lot. Children do a lot of waiting for adults and we don't think about that until, you know, you start to remember your own childhood and you're like, I did like sit in the car or wait in that waiting room or follow my mom around the grocery store a lot. And so um, if, if there's an elephant and piggy book that's about waiting, that's a great way to talk about preparing for Christmas. Um, there is one that I'm a big fan of um, the series, The Quiet Books. Are you familiar with those? I'm not. So they just talk about how there's like different kinds of quiet. There's like the quiet of a morning. There's the quiet when you've done something wrong and you're waiting for someone to find out there's the quiet of being like up in a tree. And there's a one that's specifically about Christmas called the Christmas quiet book about all the different ways to feel quiet at Christmas. So I feel like it's a good way to talk about getting ready for Christmas, the quiet of when you're drinking hot chocolate and your mouth is full, the quiet of like peering around corners to see what's going on all of those different kinds of things. I think that's a great way to talk about waiting for Christmas and the different ways that we feel that in our bodies. So that's one of the ones that I like is books about waiting. And then another thing you can talk about is like um, illustrated songs. That is a great way to connect kids with what's going on overall in the church, especially if you have like songs that you're building up to for Christmas Eve, like, you know, your family's going to sing Joy to the World. Um, Tommy DePaolo has an illustrated Joy to the World, and you guys could read that a few times over the holiday. And then when it comes to like that candlelit service and you're trying to like peer with your candle to make sure they can read the words, they already know it because you've read it so many times um, and you practiced it. Or another one is Silent Night. Um, there's a really good illustrated version of Silent Night by Laura Hawthorne um, that again has non-white angels, which I really love. And um, there are great versions of a lot of illustrated versions of a lot of songs. And I think it can be easy to neglect that as part of their like religious instruction, but actually that's a great way to tie in and then kids have that, the imagery and the words together and it, and then they'll have the music. And that is a great way to tie in all different kinds of learning um, and connect it to something, maybe help them think about the words in a different way or see the words laid out in a different way that can really help them connect it to their faith story. So if you have a favorite, oh, there's Tommy DePello has a lot. He also has like the Friendly Beasts, which is a cute one. Um, there are a lot of really great illustrated. So if your family has a favorite song, maybe looking or an illustrated version of that at the public library would be a great way to connect. Um, and it's again, a low pressure because you don't even have to read it. You could just press play on the song and then turn the pages. That's a smart way to do it. Before. <laughs> Here we're all going to sit in silence and listen to this song. Um, and then other things you can do just are related to like church traditions. Cause an another Tommy DePaolo, but there are other versions of it too, about like the um, poinsettia right? And um, just like Legends of the Poinsettia, um, there are also ones about, I don't um, know one in particular, but like things like the Legend of the Candy Cane, um, if your family's into that. And if your family's more into like 
some of the saints. There's like some on St. Nicholas. Um, and I really liked the one that University Press put out um, by Ned Bustard a few years ago about St. Nicholas, the gift giver. My family is not the Santa family. <laughs> um, and so that kind of helps you sort of thread that needle. Um, but a lot of families that are Santa families want to talk about St. Nicholas and, you know, make it a little bit more tangible and a little less um, commercial or, you know, kind of demanding. Um, so th that's another category is like kind of those church traditions, um, things that go on in your like faith life or in your communities um, that you want to kind of explain. And there's a lot of really good ones for that as well. And um, the last thing that I kind of thought of as like a category that I think is important is just like books as comfort and regulation. And this could really be anything kind of wintry or whatever season, you know, however cold it is, but holidays can be overstimulating. <laughs> and kids' meltdowns don't mean that they're not grateful. It just means that they are overwhelmed. And if you have one of those kids who's highly sensitive or who can get dysregulated really easily, just having some go-to kind of winter or uh, Christmas books or even, and they don't, you know, they don't even have to be particularly religious if you're creating that ritual of care and remembering that they need um, something comforting at that time. And maybe, I mean, you know, you would know what that is, but including books and including faith books especially, but including books can be really important as part of that, um, helping both probably the adult and the child calm down in a, in an overstimulated situation, right? Because it can be easy for us to get in our feelings too. And so to choose, here's what we're going to do when we feel that way is, you know, read this particular book together because we know that that calms us down. Maybe something like the Christmas quiet book where we're like, what would help us get to those quiet feelings? Um, because it, it, holidays can be hard for kids. It's a lot of big feelings and a lot of big expectations and a yeah. lot of candy. <laughs> yeah. And having something that you do together that mm -hmm. can de-stimulate and re-regulate. Yeah. That yeah. makes sense. So those were kind of the big ones that I thought of. Do you have like a big, you know, like as a, a new parent, kind of what are your kind of thoughts that you're thinking about oh traditions gosh. or yeah yeah questions well, you have yeah I think for me yeah. you know there's a couple pieces I think of grief at Christmas time like blue Christmas you know for kids who you know I was four when my mom died are there books that can talk about the empty chair or um you know, what it means to be both happy and sad. So not necessarily a Christmas book, but like something that honors, you know, the both and of joy and, and sorrow or I, the heartstring is the one that always comes to mind when I mm -hmm. think of children and grief. You know, when I think of my own child wanting to center the women's story, you know, yes, it's about Jesus's birth, but also like, can we talk about Mary and Elizabeth and what their experience is like? And, um, you know, wanting to make sure that he understands where God is in all of it, if that makes sense. Um, and like you said, I want to make sure that all the angels aren't just white, that God isn't this some great big white man with a beard in the sky that looks like Santa, you know, that's what I'm yeah. thinking about this time of year. Yeah. I don't, 
um, know of any particular um, Christmas like specific grief books, but there are a lot of really good books that talk about loss for kids. A lot of times it's centered around the loss of a pet, which is not a bad way to have those conversations or at least begin those conversations. Um, and um, I posted on a few over the summer that were just about funerals because I thought, you know what, <laughs> kids don't, sometimes kids need prep before something like a funeral. Um, so I think that's a really good thing to be mindful of is ways to um, include stories about people who are um, missing someone at Christmas or at any time really. But I, um, there's one in particular that I was thinking of that I used to use um, that was about a dad who was imprisoned and um, we would sometimes read that one because I, I knew that there were some kids in my, um, in, in one particular class who were dealing with that, who were pretty young. And so I wanted them to feel seen. So I think that anything that helps people feel seen in that moment is incredibly important. Mm, I think that's a great that? one to point out. I don't remember the title off the top of my head. Um, I can picture the cover, but I don't remember the title. That's all right. We um, can, but there are. But I think the good news is that there are books like that. Yes, <laughs> uh, that deal with these difficult, like different and difficult family situations. Um, and um, there, um, I don't actually know of a good like a lot. I the Catherine Patterson. Um, she has a new one. Well, it's not brand new, but it came out in 2019. Um, that really centers Mary. Um, that I liked a lot. But it wouldn't be for the youngest kids, for sure. Like, that's one of the ones where I think it would be great if your family had been talking about Christmas, like an eight or nine-year-old, but it's not for, like, a four-year-old because um, the language is more elevated. Um, but um, she's got a really good one about Mary that I really loved the illustrations and... Um, particularly liked the way that she framed it because it really was Mary's journey. So it's good that there are stories like that um, as well. I don't know one about Elizabeth, but maybe we could get someone to write one for us. Yeah. <laughs> I like that idea. Are there other books that you thought of as you were um, thinking through these Christmas books Have you, as you've been planning your own Advent season at your church or with your family that are, are ones that you're eager to, to pull off the shelf? Um, we always at my, my house tend to read the, um, Andrew Peterson, one that goes with Matthew's begats and play the song. And so we were setting it up for our middle school class because they've been studying some more of the Hebrew Bible stories to, um, do that in their Sunday school class in the coming weeks to be like, oh, right. I know that story already. And to make, help make those connections with the, um, lineage of Jesus. I also, um, in this past year, got the one that's called Brown Baby Jesus. Um, and that one also connects to the uh, Matthew's um, lineage, the Matthew's begats, um, and um, more connects it um, in ways that younger kids would be able to understand than Andrew Peterson's song with all of those long names, because he goes through the entire lineage in the song. And he doesn't really talk about what happens with most of them, but that would be a good thing for like a middle school, Sunday school class to explore. Um, I tend to use the O in hope 
by Lucy Shaw every year when we kick off Advent with our littlest ones. But honestly, that poem by Lucy Shaw is appropriate for all ages. So we've also used it just in, um, you know, broader worship. Um, so we've used it in Sunday, like children's Sunday school, but also in broader worship. Um, and that's kind of fun, I think, has been fun for the kids like we did it in Sunday school. And then and they heard it in the service and they're like, I know that one. And I'm like, yeah, we just did it. So um, making that connection. And I like the overlap of using things that the um, with the kids and the adults um, so that the kids can hear that repetition in worship is one in particular. I don't, those are some of the ones I thought of. I was like, yeah, have you started thinking about building up a collection or anything? Have you gotten anything this year that you're excited about? I don't have anything from this year, um, but there's one from Matthew Paul Turner that's about the colors of Christmas that I really like. I've been reading that with my church. Um, we read it, I think, on Christmas Day last year, maybe during one of our Advent services. But I like that it points out all the different colors that you see, because then you can use that going forward through the season. You know, if you read it at the beginning of Advent, you can talk with a younger child about like, oh, where do you see red? Like, let's look for red today um, or brown. Where do you see brown? I love that he includes different colors other than your standard, like red and green. Um, but, you know, there's gold in there, there's brown, there's blue. Um, and I, I love books that help you tie in the rest of the season and aren't just like you read it and it's done, but something you can then carry through. I, I, um, that is a particular favorite. We have that one in the nursery and that one is a particular favorite to pull out, Mm. you know, in a board book format. I have, um, two others that came to mind and one is by Nikki Grimes and it's called the voices of Christmas. And what I liked about that one is that it goes, it, it goes through each individual character who's got like a poem about them. And so when we have used it in the past, we like, parceled it out and used this book throughout the whole season and read a couple of people each week and then kind of built a nativity um, through that. So we had each character printed out like Elizabeth and Zachariah. And then it went, you know, to Mary and Joseph innkeeper. And um, that's a really fun way to do it. And um, we had a lot of success with that one year when we went through kind of character by character. And then by the end had a whole set of people And then here, since I'm in North Carolina, of course, we always have to give a shout out to Maya Angelou. And she has a poem called Amazing Peace. And this one is, again, a little bit long for youngest kids, but we have read this one repeatedly. Um, And there actually is a version of her reading it. And her voice, of course, is amazing. So um, you can find that online. And again, just hold up the pages and let her read it to you. Um, And I think that one's out of print, but I, I bet a lot of people would be able to find it at their library um, because it, or even just find the text of the poem online. Um, But I, I think it's um, a lovely meditation on peace, which if you are doing kind of the four weeks is a good one, especially for older kids um, to think about. Those are two of the ones that I get really excited about every year. Um, We have in my family long gone through a an advent book from bef- well before our son was around called the christmas mystery and it's a little bit long but it is about um it's one that is fun to read like every night because you're they're solving kind of the 
mystery of a, a missing child. And then we um, are, I, last year I gave my husband the one All Creation Waits, um, an Advent devotional, and we started it last night. It has 24 readings, but we started it early because we know we'll miss some <laughs> and we'll work them all in eventually. Um, and so that one is new to my family, but about animals. And when we were reading it, we were really enjoying our conversations around that. So Beautiful. Thank you. Are there any more that you want to be sure to share before we do our lightning round? Oh my goodness. I hope I, that's probably enough for me, but uh, <laughs> I feel like I gave everybody like 50 books, but um, I do tend to, and that's not to like make everybody go yeah. to my Instagram, but I do try to share like uh, several about each of those themes, hope and peace and joy and love to give some good options. Um, so in the coming weeks, you know, you can check out the church librarian and see some of those because every year I get to add new ones and I always get excited about that post. I'm like, I have new ones to add this year. How will I fit them all in? So um, I think that's a really fun way to approach it and has been, you know, low stress for us. And um, that's what we, how I encourage the families here at church to do it. So um, that's why I'm always adding to the list for them. So beautiful. Thank you. Well, are you ready for a quick lightning round? All right, let's do it. Finish the sentence. Christmas is. Christmas is joy. Mm. We are just a family who loves it. Loves loves the lights and the decorations and the traditions. This is our time to shine. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, it is. What is your favorite part of the Christmas story? My favorite part of the Christmas story is um is Mary's yes. I think that um, especially as a mother, I really relate more and more to Mary and um, and just thinking about what she went through every year. And so my girl, Mary, my favorite part of the story for sure. <laughs> what is a necessary food on the Christmas dinner table? My husband makes the lasagna every year. So Christmas lasagna is our tradition. Um, and, um, so I don't, I don't even have to do that much, but Christmas lasagna for the win. I, that sounds perfect to me. I love yeah. the idea of a Christmas lasagna. Okay. <laughs> it's all done beforehand. Pop it in. You don't have to do anything. Yeah. That's brilliant. I think I'm going to steal that <laughs> tradition. <laughs> uh, what do you know for sure about this season? Um, I know for sure that it's going to be busy and yet we're going to laugh a lot. And just as my son's getting older, I just really see how much I treasure these moments. And I, I'm really excited about this year with him, you know, being 12. It's just, it's transition, but it's still so joyful. And what is filling your well right now? I hold off on Christmas music until after Thanksgiving. So switching from the the Taylor Swift playlist to the Christmas music has been a lot of fun since Thanksgiving because it's um, reminding me of all my favorites from previous years that I'm like, oh, old friend, hadn't heard you in a while. Hmm. Yeah, it's like coming home. Would you be willing to send us out, Carrie, with a blessing? Absolutely. 
all of us gathered here, I just want to bless you in this busy season and remind you that you are loved no matter how many nights of Advent you celebrate, no matter how many appointments you forget, no matter how many lights are strung up in your house, the love of Christ as revealed in the tiny baby that we are celebrating is what really matters. And um, I'm just so grateful that we can celebrate it together and celebrate that love despite the ways that we might feel the pressures of the world. So feel that love and let go of the rest. Amen. My friend, thank you so much for joining us today. I am so grateful for you. Without you, this ministry would not be possible. So thank you from the bottom of my heart. The Lady Preacher podcast is part of a nonprofit called Dancing Pastor Ministries. And you can find us online at dancingpastor.org or join the community by finding us on Facebook at Dancing Pastor Ministries. If you would like to be a part of supporting this podcast, there are many ways you can do that without giving monetarily. You can share our posts on social media, send an episode to a friend, or just leave a review. If you would like to support us financially, you can do so at dancingpastor.org slash give. My friend, you are a gift. Thank you for being here and God bless.